Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day, welcome to the Tuesday edition of The Call, live from Rangaroo Studios. Great to have your company on Oz Business as we kick off the afternoon. The Call is uh, a one-hour show where we cover 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to an expert panel and throw in a stock of the day, a stock that's in the news to get their analysis on it. So uh, let's bring in the team. Uh, Rudy Philip Van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, welcome. Good to see you. Happy Tuesday. Ready to catch the flow. <laughs> uh, for a Dutchman, are you into cricket? Um, the, the Netherlands won from the West Indies, believe it or not, oh. a few months ago. Oh, there you go. So he does follow it. Good work. <laughs> Gary Glover from Novus Capital, uh, fresh from watching the Matildas victory uh, last night. Gary, great atmosphere out there. Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, it's great to see, actually. Um, yeah, no, just, just a really good... Uh, Really good evening for Australian soccer as well. Yeah, yeah, and great for women's sport as well. Just the way the entire country has got behind the Matildas, just fabulous. And the tournament overall, they're getting great crowds in all the games at the moment, and no matter where they are, which is fabulous. All right, you do. Uh, let's go through what's going to happen in the first uh, half hour of the program. We're going to be running our eye over Premier Investments, Temple and Webster. So we've got a bit of a retail start there. Uh, High Tech Group, Australia, Telstra and Nickel Industries. Stock of the day, though, thought we'd uh, have a look at Credit Corp. The Aussie debt buyer announced their FY23 results and dividend distribution. Um, While the debt buying segment is seeing low market volumes, uh, the lending side is experiencing a strong surge in demand. The company reports FY23 earnings, total revenue 4.11 million, NPAT 96.2. According to the report, US purchasing conditions provided a solid FY24 pipeline and their guidance reports estimated ledger investment between 200 and $250 million, net lending of 45 to $55 million. Um, Gary Glover, what do you think of the uh, Credit Corp result they gave? They gave a weak guidance a couple of months ago, didn't they? Yes, it's funny actually. I covered this one actually uh, a few times here actually on the trade over the last couple of months. It's actually been one stock that I have been long here, um, just because I really like the technical setup. Also, like the sort of uh, you know, I think the sort of a shift in the cycle and the sort of debt markets as well. So you yep. got to kind of look a little bit forward in the track here. But I was sort of lucky enough to take my profits off the table here around that sort of twenty-two fifty. Most of it there had a you know very good position there, but I. But I still think this is going to be um, like a the revenue line was still pretty strong, but obviously at MPAT uh, down this year. But I think that will uh, improve. They're coming talking about sort of better guidance moving forward. But I still think the cycle is going to be on a on a positive trajectory here moving forward. So 
do like this stocky. I'd just be probably waiting for lower levels. I think me technically, I just I sort of exited around that sort of uh, 2250, 23 zone just because a bit of a um, sounds funny here, but like a Elliott wave sort of pattern there just looked a little bit long, a little bit overstretched. Um, so I'd probably be looking for a re entry closer to $19 there to come back there. So got down to 20 today. So um, yeah, watch this closely here, but probably happy to go back in here, but probably just a little bit uh, lower. Okay, so if you read it, hold it, but uh, worth a buy around 19 bucks. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Uh, Rudy, what do you think? Oh, you're going to get a lot less detail from me. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, I'm not very excited with, uh, with Credit Corp. I think it's, um, and today's guidance uh, proves that, uh, result is below expectations. Uh, had to cut their dividends, although they um, paid out more than uh, what the analysts were expecting. But that is probably because the result is, is weak. That's what Australian companies are very good at. We, mm. we pay more dividends because we need to smooth the, the pain a little bit. Yeah. Um, the guidance is very un, uninspiring for the year ahead. Again, below what the market was positioned for. Uh, that's why the share price has to go lower. Yep. Um, I think the key word in today's announcement is um, delinquencies are on the rise. And that's I think that's why you have to be a little bit careful. Yeah. But are they, are they buying the debt books cheaper, though, as a result I don't of think what's so. happening? No, I don't think so. Because the comp- I mean, it has increasingly become a US story. I mean, yeah. you see on today's announcement, um, I mean, they obviously started off in Australia and New Zealand, but that's not that's no. not a big mode anymore. They're almost running it off here. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a US story, and, and there is fierce competition in the US. Right. So it's not just that they're, that we get more, more books available. Uh, it's not that they're the only ones buying them, mm. there was competition there. And um, Macquarie recently uh, rightfully pointed out, if, if you pay attention to the competition, they see a, a growing number of non-performing loans. Right. Now there's only a question, at what point does that turn up in their books as well? Right? Yeah. So I think the risks are still there with a very uninspiring outlook for management right now. Yeah. Um, I think you can wait here. Okay. There's no hurry to get in. So would you sell it or in it? It depends on what, what your horizon is. I mean, they still pay a dividend. They, they still think they can grow. Uh, it's not like all of a sudden it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pile of uh, rubbish. But uh, it's just a company that I think at this point in time um, is a little bit struggling to, to get growth going. Um, I mean, if you... if if, if if you're in here with a longer-term horizon, this this company, at in times, performs quite well. It is right. one of those um, non-large cap stocks that often uh, performs quite well. But I think this this point in the cycle, I'm a, I'm a bit more more cautious. Also, because I think okay, the situation so of Australia is only going to get going to get worse. I think. Uh, um, uh, so. So I would I would say if you're not in there, or? don't go there. If you're holding it. Um, just think what your strategy is and otherwise just move on to greener pastures. Oh, okay. That, just a quick question for Rudy there. I mean, how how does uh, delinquencies not rise at the moment? When we've had years of uh, you know, central banks handing out free money and that's sort of stopped the last year, so they should be rising here right now. Um, and obviously the debt markets have been with, you know, everyone's flush with cash and there shouldn't be too many bad debts, which they haven't been. And now we're starting to see a shift in the cycle. So looking forward, Rudy, 
shouldn't this be good for Credit Corp here over the longer term? Well, over the longer term, yes. For the time being, I think for the shorter term, not so much. That's, that's why well, I how does the market look at these things, the short term or long term? Well, you, you can tell on today, the market is always very short term focused. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the share price yeah, wouldn't fall by 15%. They're a bit skittish. <laughs> All right. Good, uh, good discussion. Let's move on to the, uh, the first stock that uh, you want us to have a look at. And uh, Gary, Greg wants a view on Premier Investments, the, uh, the big re- Solomon Lou's retail empire, everything from uh, Smiggle to Peter Alexander pajamas. Greg says, I've been buying retail stocks. Am I too early? A big, <laughs> the big question. Retail stocks have been smashed. In the investment committee for the fantasy portfolio, they've nibbled at LaVisa in the last month or so as uh, getting taking advantage of uh, the downturn in retail. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, it's too early here, but it's probably, look, I think there's some value there. If you look at um, valuations there historically, then they're trading well under their sort of uh, the average P's and so like But um, look, I don't, I don't know what the governor's going to do today. I, I do know that uh, most central banks have listed rates to fight inflation, even, even though ours really haven't. But um, so I think, uh, you know, there's probably going to be some, maybe a little bit more pressure for retailers in the short term, but we have seen the resilience of the economy so far. Everyone's been pretty doom and gloom about retail stocks. Um, and I think, you know, most analysts were pretty negative here the last couple of months and we've seen a bounce, obviously, in the face of that negativity. So I think there's some value there, but probably probably going to sort of buy this on the lower end here as well. So we've had a bit of a nice bounce here. I don't, don't know if I'd be chasing it. Probably more of a hold for me here, um, but definitely would be interested on any weakness on those sort of stocks. Right. And, and generally, is it worth sort of dabbling in retailers at the moment or hold off for a while? There's a bit more to go. Uh, don't be, look, if, if you're watching Ausbiz every day like I do, as soon as you hear sort of eight out of 10 analysts saying, don't go near retail stocks, uh, uh, yeah, um, there's trouble there. That's when you want to step in and buy them normally. Right, okay, yep. Yeah, so when yeah. everyone doesn't like them, that's the, you know, if you looked at the last 18 months, when all the sectors that everyone's hated universally, uh, those usually be when the markets bounce from those particular sectors. So uh, wait for that sort of consensus to turn negative again. Yeah. Um, and that'd be the time to buy them again. Okay. Rudy, Premier? I don't even know whether consensus has turned positive again, but um, retail stocks have had uh, some money coming in, uh, in in the past month or so. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm suspecting um, that that is um, done by value investors taking a longer term view. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I disagree with, with, with Gary on, on, I think, I do think for, for many retailers, uh, things have only started to deteriorate. It will get worse. Yep. Um, so we're looking towards a, I don't know, we can all pick up, but let's say nine to 12 months, maybe even longer of challenging conditions. Yeah. Um, it won't be universally. Some retailers will be doing better than others. Yeah. Um, one way of distinguishing uh, that sector is going for the ones that are a little bit, little bit special. Lovisa is one of them. Yeah. Premium Investments, there's an argument to be made. They could yeah. be one of them as well. Another one could be Breville Group. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can sort out the ones that are a little bit different. And the best way to, to the best way to handle that is you, you have to by definition take a longer term view. 
you have to take a view of at least three years. Because yep. that allows you that you can have a disappointment in the short term, but you're still confident that the likes of Lovisa, Pavel, mm. Premier, that ultimately things will come good again. And, and well-run and, and, business, and, and, good and, management. And in the meantime, there's dividends coming into your lap. Yep. The share price, yes, that can move in the short term. But if, if you're focused on the, long, on the short term, then I agree with the, the, the question that was asked. Am I too early? Yes, you were too early, I think. Right. Because I think the, the, the pressure was still on. Um, if you look at some of the data that comes, becomes available in Australia, it's only for a month or so starting to deteriorate. Mm. I mean, it's very recent. Yeah, yeah? The last uh, yes, retail the, the sales figures last the, week. The market was anticipating it since last year, but the market was very early anticipating it, and it's only yeah. now starting to deteriorate. So. Yeah. You're, okay, you're almost okay. a hero by right. going like it. The worst has been seen. Okay, so the market yes. has been expanding for a while and slashed. Yes, uh, but, but prices. But don't think now it's reality because I yes. always say markets yeah. look nine months ahead. Yes. So is that all baked in now? And then the markets will start the, looking the at the proof the will return, be in eating the, the pudding return. and that's why i'm saying you 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 try to sort out the ones that are a little bit special so with likes so of Lovisa, premier so would you uh, buy premier now uh I, I would hold it if i had it right um if for, in terms of buying i i think you can still be patient here okay then do not report in august so the share price will simply move on what the rest of the sector does right Lovisa does report in August, for right. example. Breville will report in August, but they do not report in August. So you probably have time on your hands. You know what's coming? September. Yeah. Usually yeah. that's a weak month. Yeah. I mean, why hurry? Yeah. Okay. Um, Greg also wants to know whether Temple, Temple of Webster, Webster, yeah. Temple Webster is, <laughs> is one of those special stocks. No, no. Uh, unfortunately the not. Digital online yeah. homewares retailer. Temple Webster has been uh, no friends, Nigel, Nigel for a while. Right. Um, the market has sort of picked up. At Gee, no, and and yeah, those, I know. those Nigels I, I was, have was, got was, it wrong. I was getting there. The market at some, <laughs> at some stage picked up early in the year that things were picking up for Temple Webster and just flew away with it. You can see yeah. that. I mean, absolutely. At this point in time, I do not know how well things will have turned around in August, but that to me seems excessive. And if I look at so uh, you'd be a sell type problem. Yes, I would. I would. I would count my luck here, and I would. I would definitely right. sell. Okay. This. This, for the company to justify an even higher share price from here, they almost have to shoot the lights out in August. Yeah. Given the climate, I'm very skeptical about that. Okay. Well, regardless of where they come from, because it goes without saying, they had a tough time. Yep. Gary, Templar Webster. Yeah, not too dissimilar there from Rudy. Actually, I mean, uh, the only thing is when I. Through with the early sort of sentiments around you know, trading the leaders, so stick with the leading companies there. If you look at the price action, Templar and Webster is a probably leader here, um, but it, it is pretty, you know, the bells the are getting pretty high here, so P is very high. Not, not that, you know, when stocks have got momentum there and um, they are sort of you know, getting good results there, the P is sort of come secondary, but no doubt, um, I, you know, I kind of agree with Risky there, really with it. But it is pretty risky here at the moment here just because it has had a pretty good run. It's, you know, priced for a lot of success here, so it's going to have to deliver 100%. If it doesn't, you know, if it's short of anywhere near short of delivery, sort of a great number here, it probably will get hit in this type of market there. So definitely some risk with the stock here. Okay. All right. So would you would you sell if you've been in it? Take your profits? 
Look, if I'm sort of trying to trade with the sort of momentum trade here, I'll be sort of sticking with it. But I, I would be sort of uh, keeping a pretty tight stop on this thing as well. I wouldn't want to sort of see the stock sort of break below sort of moving average here. So right. while it's running, I'd be running with it. But um, I'd be probably nervous coming into reporting season. So right. probably would be trimming at least half of it off the top here right. into reporting season, if not the whole lot. Right, okay. I, th right. I think Gary's making a valid point here. Yeah? Technicals and momentum, it only counts for that much. Yeah? On the day of the result, yep. they count for nothing. Yeah? Yep, yep. It's the result. <laughs> yeah? Oh, it used to be an uptrend. If you if, if you miss expectations or your outlook is not good enough, yeah. uh, you will go down. And the market's but, pretty savage with that at the moment. The market, I suspect, given we have, <coughs> we have, we have positive momentum in the market now, Yep. I guess the market will be very savage in, in, uh, in the rest of the okay. month when the results come out. All right, let's move away from uh, retail with our third stock. Daniel wants a view on High Tech Group Australia, Gary. Uh, Daniel says, uh, interesting with high return on, on uh, capital and earnings, has no debt, pays a 6% dividend. Uh, so Daniel's a bit of a fan. Over the last three years, uh, the revenue um, uh, return is around 27%. It's a recruitment group in the uh, communications technology uh, sector. What do you reckon of High Tech Australia? Yeah, I agree. It's actually a very interesting stock there. Uh, Koshi, that's um, only 82 mil market cap, so pretty small. Um, so with those big growth numbers there, yeah, I would have thought there would have been a, a high PE here, but we're, we're trading about 17 and a half times. The yield's 5.64%. So pretty interesting for, um, you know, sort of a modest sort of um, growth company. Um, the other thing I do like about this company um, is that 75% of the shares are held by uh, insiders. Yeah. So, you know, there's some skin in the game there by the founders and staff there. So pretty uh, illiquid though, is it? Yeah, if I don't buy a cup of coffee and spend it on the chairs, that's double. Yeah, yeah. Uh, volumes are big, is I do love the chart too as well. Like it's had a really good run here the last couple of years and then probably the last uh, 18 months, it's been in a bit of a sideways consolidation. So, you know, technically we can't go up all the time there. You sort of want to have your uptrends and then you want to have a pause, see the stock go sort of sideways, have a breather for a while. So it looks like the stock's had a bit of a breather here over the last 18 months, and it could be sort of priming and just pretty good volume start to come in here the last three or four weeks. That's pretty yeah. positive for me. I must admit, I think this looks pretty interesting, actually. I, I think this is a potentially speculative buy here, but I, I probably need to do a bit more homework on the company. I haven't looked at them um, you know, closely enough, but definitely, uh, definitely circled this one in the 10 there is probably one of the more interesting stocks. Mm, okay, ready? Well, as I said before, if I buy a cup of coffee and I spend the equivalent of money on in the shares, they'll double. Right. Um, does anyone still remember Gulliver's Travels? Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. Lilypads? <laughs> this is Lilypad stock. Right? Um, <laughs> tightly held, very low volume. Um, the only thing I can, the main thing I can say to the to whoever the, asked the question is, I hope you don't have too much money in there. Right. The lobster pot. Right. Easy to get in, can't yep. get out. Okay, so then the argument though is if it's tightly held, founder led, the whole thing, obviously they've got shareholder interests at heart. Yes, but um, as I said, um, if, if if the volumes are that low, yeah. I mean, I can I can I have I have, I have personal stories about when I when I sold a biotech stock which I had a hundred percent profit in, 
and yeah. I ended up with a with a zero return after I sold my shares. Right. That's the that's the that's the problem where you can end up with. I mean, if there's no volume, you are creating the volume essentially. Yeah. Um, and and that is a risk in itself that you that you should uh, you should keep in mind. I mean, the, the volumes are really low. Right. On some days it spikes a bit a bit, but. Um, I mean, rather have a stock where there's millions of dollars going around every day. Yeah. So nobody nobody notices when you sell or buy. Yeah. Uh, but when you're the main buyer or the main seller, uh, you basically don't want to be there. Yeah. Okay. That's long and short. All right. I think if the, if the liquidity is really low, as Rudy pointing out, you, you've definitely got to tailor your position size on the smaller skew there. Because I, I agree, if, 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 if there's no liquidity, it's difficult, but if you really, really like the stock, then it's really about taking a, a smaller position um, and not getting too big. And it might be one of sometimes it's some things like that. If you start with a small position and it keeps climbing over the years and add another small position, hopefully over time it might keep growing there. But um, you really want to be just, you know, can't, can't try these things with size. You know, so I agree with Rudy in that regard. It's just probably a start with a small position there, generally. Yep. Okay. The other, the extra, the extra risk is, as we are moving into a tougher economic environment, if bad news hits this stock mm. and two guys start selling, even if you're not selling, the share price could halve. Yeah. Simply yeah, yeah. because there's no stock around, there's no yeah. stock available. Yeah. So that's that's a risk you just have to take on board. Mm. But there wouldn't be any instos or fund managers no, in there. No, no, I think it's, so. all, it's all the family and, yes. but and the, executives. There are, there are stocks trading on the stock exchange where I sometimes see the volumes are very low and by some miracle there are some small cap investors yeah. in there, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, fund yeah. managers. Yeah, yeah. And I always wonder like, how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and next Some of those tightly held uh, shares as well, they, they can have spectacular performance as well because there's no... Uh, not, not too much sort of selling going on. There's only limited stock available. Yeah. Usually there's uh, like an escrow period for a lot of the stuff as well. So normally no, sort right. of you know, refrain from selling for a few years. So you can see exceptional performance from some of these sort of smaller companies um, when the founders and stuff can't sell for a few years. Yeah. Just going to be sort of uh, watching when they can sell them. <laughs> so, uh, That's right. Yeah. When they all go for the hills to pay their, their tax bill or uh, pay down their mortgage. <laughs> All right, uh, Rudy Errol wants a view on Telstra, the uh, yeah. massive telecommunications group. If, if anyone hasn't picked it up yet, I've completely revised my view on Telstra. It's actually one of the largest holdings in the portfolio I manage. Ah. Uh, it's a big turnaround story uh, for the very first time in a long What changed long. your mind? The fact that think well, what changed my mind originally is the fact that they announced the, the asset sales. Yep. And for a, for, a, uh, for a big telecommunication company that was arguably cheaply priced, priced for failure, and, yep. uh, and at the time, rightfully so, because um, they, they had two decades of, uh, of destroying shareholder wealth. Um, from that moment onwards, I, I think I realized that is only going to uh, be very ben- beneficial for shareholders. Now, they've, they've done round one of the asset sales that has pushed yep. up the share price at least by half a dollar, I would say. Um, and then the other thing is that operationally, there simply has, has been a turnaround. They, yeah. they all of a sudden have left that whole um, weight from the NBN behind them. Well, in, Andy Penn had his five-year plan, didn't he? That and, and, and they're now, again, in a, in, in a position where it's, not, it's never spectacular, but they are now increasing their dividends mm. instead of gradually letting it erode away, even in a nominal sense. Right. 
And, um, and that turnaround is, 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 is likely to continue here for, for at least a few years, which basically means we should see gradually that dividend going up and up. It's never spectacular, but in a market, uh, I mean, you won't notice it over the past two months or so, but um, I think on the 12 month, maybe 18 month uh, horizon, a lot of companies here are going to be challenged in, to yep. grow. Yep. Then even, even a very reliable company like Telstra that still has more asset sales up its sleeves and is growing its dividends and its cash flows, it'll, it'll, it'll stand out at some stage by definition. Mm. And again, it won't be spectacular, but if you have a portfolio of let's say 20, 22 stocks, they don't need to be all spectacular. No, right? it's no. like a football team. You so have defenders, you have midfield, oh. and you have the attack. Yep. No? Yep. As a midfield a defender, they'll send the portfolio. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So a buy at these levels. Yeah. Why okay. not? Gary, what do you think of Telstra? Uh, look, I agree with Rudy. The performance has turned around. That's that's the plus there. Um, negative there. It's still reasonably pricey here. So. 25 times here, maybe even 22 if you look at 20, uh, 23, um, so 24 earnings, you know, looking ahead here. So I don't know, look, the fact that, uh, you know, I think eight strong buys, two moderate buys, so everyone's got to buy on this stock. So that tells me that everyone's already bought it. Right. So no reason to be there. It's probably a sell for me, to be honest with you. Um, I think the stock will probably drift back here. I think everyone's already long here. So, it's had the great recovery for the, for the stocky, which has been totally unloved. So but I can see that everyone's already positioned here now. It's just, there's no one left to buy this thing. Uh, not great value in those multiples. I, I can see the stock winding back to under four personally. Under $12? Under four. Under, under $4. $4. Right, wow. Yeah. Okay. Not, not under $12. Yet. So, so you'd, be, like you'd be buying a, <laughs> at yeah, four? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think I bought it uh, $3.12 or so. Well, they put up all their uh, mobile and data prices seven and a half percent on first of July. And one of the one of the one of the untold stories here is that the, the market is looking for AI beneficiaries. Huh? Yep. Telstra might be one of those hidden AI beneficiaries. Yep. Which yep. is yet to, yet to, yet to come through. Okay. All right. Um, our fifth stock, uh, Dala wants a view, Gary, on Nickel Industries, uh, big nickel producer furnaces. Uh, based in Indonesia? Yeah, look, it's not a company that I'm overly familiar with, actually, uh, apart from the sort of sector. And, um, but I, I do like the sort of chart here, actually, Koshi. I think it's um, stock's been a bit of a downtrend for a while, obviously coming off that 180 sort of peak there uh, early in 22. But the, the, the decline there has been recently been quite corrective um, in nature. And... Just seen a bit of an elevation in volume for the last two or three weeks here. So it's got me interested there. I, I, I definitely wouldn't be a buyer here yet, but the chart is sort of, you know, it's just telling me this is pretty interesting price action here. Um, potentially might see a change of character occur soon. Um, but just starting to see a few things of interest that, that I normally look for earlier on. Um, but that's just a pure technical view. I don't really know the company too well at all. Okay. So... Best a, a hold from you, uh, or not enough information? Yeah, I okay. probably wouldn't. Avoid. I mean, look, it's yeah. It's, look, it could be a technical buy here in the next month if I see the right type of things. But um, but I'm just seeing a few 
technical signs there that are, that are telling me this could be one to keep a close eye on here in the next uh, coming weeks. Ready? Very volatile, very volatile. I mean, they, they are probably doing all the right things uh, operationally. Um, yeah. They have a Chinese partner, they're constantly acquiring their, um, their forecast to uh, significantly increase their, their volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think the share price where this is, is also carried by, um, let's call it China enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, if I pay attention to forecasts for nickel, uh, they don't look too flash apparently over the past, over the next six to 12 months or so. Right. At the end of the day, this is a very, still a relatively small company. And at the end of the day, it's, it will be carried by the, by the prospects of what, what does the price of nickel do? Yeah. I mean, for me, that is, even if the forecasts are wrong, it's, it's just the fact that you can't accurately predict these things or anticipate. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it's uh, not in my portfolio, essentially. I mean, right. Too small, too volatile. And, and so dependent on, on, on the price of nickel, um, too much uncertainty. Okay. All right. Too much uncertainty. Uh, let's recap the first five stocks, of, including stock of the day, uh, Credit Corp. Uh, hold from Gary. Uh, he'd be a buyer around $19. Uh, for Rudy, it's a sell. Uh, Premier Investments are hold from both. Uh, Templar Webster... Uh, because it's been in such an uptrend uh, and has got momentum, Gary would hold on, but he'd be looking at trimming half at, at these levels and taking some profits. Uh, Rudy, Rudy would sell for those reasons as well uh, because it's had a pretty good run. Uh, High Tech Group, a speculative buy from Gary, a no from Rudy. Uh, Telstra, a buy from Rudy, a sell from Gary. And uh, Nickel Industries, uh, at, on the technical side of it, uh, Gary's watching it, doesn't know uh, enough about the fundamentals, a no from Rudy. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fund as picked by the investment committee, the latest episode of the committee meeting out this afternoon, four o'clock. So don't miss the new portfolio update from the committee. Uh, the existing portfolio uh, from the July meeting um, they switched Boss out for Paladin in just to keep the uh, in touch with the uranium sector. Boss had ha- had a run. Paladin hadn't um, uh, done the same, so they took their profits. Boss into Paladin, Kelsey and out started to nibble at retailers with Levisa, and uh, the fund is up uh, about seven and a half percent at this half hour on the call. Take a look at Endeavour, CSL, Webjet, Magnus Energy Technologies and Hello World uh, is on the agenda. And uh, Endeavour Group, uh, Mel wants a view, Rudy, on the on the big liquor retailer and hotel group spun out of Woolworths a year or so ago. Yes. Dan, Dan Murphy and, in there, and, BWS. And, and immediately traded as a, at a sizable premium. Yep. And they lost that now. Yep. Uh, so... Um, I'm a long-term shareholder in Woolworths, so I, I got my shares and I sold them. Yeah. Um, also because I was uh, a little bit concerned about what online competition might do to those guys. Now, the good part is they have tackled the online competition part uh, quite well. What they couldn't tackle, still can't tackle, is obviously when politicians go um, go mad on pokies. Yeah. 
And that's the risk that you now have to be comfortable with. Um, I mean, they are spread around the country, but more on the eastern side here. And that means they're very susceptible to whatever happens in Tasmania, Victoria, and New South New Wales. South Wales and yeah. all, all the three at the moment are looking at maybe limiting what people can do with pokey machines. Um, Pokies are important mm. when you open when you when you when you operate a pub. Yeah. Having said so, uh, it's probably also not going to completely destroy the business case here. It's a very well. It should be all else being equal, a very reliable, solid, sustainable yeah. grower. It's got uh, Pat Murphy's. Yes, BWS. Yes. So yes. It's, it's yes. Like, like the well, Bunnings of liquor. Sort of, but then again, more. I think the trend is more towards boutique and online. Right. And, and so those businesses have a lot to lose as well. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think it's a steady, steady as, as she goes in, in broad terms with the risk that, that there will be hits on, on the pokey side. Um, so I would say don't expect anything spectacular. I think the market will, um, will definitely not go back to a, to a premium valuation because there's that, that risk. But in the meantime, you get your dividends and, and I think it won't be spectacular. So if that's good enough as a defensive stock in your portfolio, by all means, treat it like a Telstra or Right. Or Woolies. Well, Woolies was probably going to perform better from here. Um, but don't expect anything spectacular either. Right. I mean, it's not going to return 20% or whatever in, in, yeah. in, a, in a short time. Are you going to see losses like it? Well, the losses probably the past, already have occurred. Them? Exactly. The losses right. probably, the reset probably has happened. I mean, right. Unless there's obviously more bad news to come, which is always yeah. possible. Yeah. But I would think non spectacular outlook, you get your dividends, they're franked. Um, for that particular part in, in someone's portfolio, they can they can have a function. Otherwise, I also think it's it's not really inspiring here either. Right. So I hold it best. I hold it best for the right strategy. Yep. Gary. Yeah. Look, I did recently buy some sort of around the five seventy zone, and um, so I, I kind of largely agree with Rudy. Actually. Um, I think I'm not expecting it to shoot the lights out here. I just think it'll sort of slowly improve. I think it is that sell down there is a bit of a reset as well. Um, it does have some of that risk around pokies there, but I think, yeah, I think a large part of it's priced in here now with the, with a the sell off. Um, there's something interesting there, sort of technically, is that there's um, you often see IPOs. Um, there's, there's a couple of different cycle, cycles that sort of new stocks sort of have. Um, this one here obviously came on. You know, very popular. Had a pretty had a pretty good run, and then um, the news dried up, and then we, you know, um, stocks sort of sold off here, and we sort of we've got our bad news towards the end of the, or what I think might be the end of this downward cycle here. But it's not it's not an uncommon pattern. It's actually quite a common sort of thing with um, with new companies that sort of come on the board. So I was actually looking. I think there's a stat there, something around, oh, it might be seventy. 70 to 80 percent of sort of IPOs come back and retest the low within the first year or something like that. So it's something um, along those lines there. So, um, so yeah, I was really looking forward to come back and retest this low, which is done there now. So I think it could be a buy. But so I'm long the stock here, but I'm not expecting it to, you know, to go up quickly. I think it'll just sort of slowly improve here. Um, but I think there's some upside here, but I, yeah, it's going to be tempered, I guess. So I'm, I'm definitely a definitely a hold. Uh, softball, I might be, you know. Okay. But I'm probably on weakness here. If I sort of come back now at 570, I'd definitely be adding to it. Right. All right. So a whole but maybe a soft buy 
back down again. Um, our next stock uh, is a favourite of retail investors. Talking about a a stock that is uh, that has come off and might be concerning a lot of people. Mario being one of them. Um, Gary, what do you think of CSL, the giant uh, global healthcare conglomerate? I suppose in blood plasma and vaccines and the like. Yeah, look, it's probably impressed me the fact that the stock has traded um, up this level here, considering the you know the sort of growth that the last couple of years has sort of tempered. Um, but we are sort of seeing forecast earnings to sort of pick up again, sort of um, you know sort of twenty four. So, look, it is a premium company. Uh, I think like a lot of the large, you know, quite a few big, big caps. It's just, it just kind of reminds me of sort of CBA here. So it's sort of quite range bound the stock here. So. Yep. Me, the sort of stock sort of in that sort of you know 250 to sort of 310 sort of price range here so um you know if the stock sort of comes down to that sort of 250 zone you're probably looking at buy here just because i think the rest of the market will try and buy it here um there was a bit of aggressive selling like the last sell-off yep on that sort of uh you know negative result there so that's sort of something to be mindful of but i do think the market will step in and buy the stock here anywhere around 250. right so if you're in it, hold it and a buy at 250. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, isn't it funny because it is range bound, Rudy, and when it was up around that 320 mark, because no one expects CSL ever to come out with a, down, uh, no. a downgrade. No. They did. But just yes. prior to coming out, uh, CSL was on the call a number of times and everyone's saying, this is the new base that it's building to take off from here. Yes, it's been range-bound for about yeah. three or four years. Yeah. It's which now which, which again shows you the technicals work only up to a point. Yeah. Right? Then yeah. reality comes in. Um, I mean, ugh, I mean, I can talk about CSL whole, whole, whole day if you want to. Maybe the, 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 the I, I can summarize this as follows. CSL is now the largest stock I have in my portfolio. Yep. Um, last time I was on here, I think I said it's a strong buy. It's it's definitely a strong buy here. Uh, on the premise that you're happy that that the market might might wait until the result comes out, and it, the success of C, of a stock like CSL is this this sounds a little bit weird, but it isn't. It's it's more dependent on what happens next in the market elsewhere. Right. See, I, I've seen I've seen analysis from from other people and and. The healthcare sector in Australia is, 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 has been the best one over the past two decades, but it, it, it tends to outperform when the others are not performing, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. So if this market is, 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 is looking for, uh, for bargains and retailers and whether there's, uh, the, the banks are cheap enough or whether there's stimulus coming from China, nobody's interested in CSL. Yeah. Yeah? They're just not yeah. interested. Huh? Yeah. But when then the tougher times arrive and it becomes clear that... Uh, uh, the, the profits are more difficult to come by. They look around and they go like, oh, no, this one, that's still uh, full of profits and full of promise. And then CSL comes yep. to bloom again. Yep. So it's just, a it's just a fact of you have a longer term view. You are confident that management do the right thing. They will increase their margins. They will develop new products. Uh, along the way, they are, uh, after all, they are still human. Yep. So negative news can happen. And, and everyone who's focused on, they have been range bound here. Well, yeah, COVID hit. Yeah, and if there's one thing that has held back the the healthcare sector in Australia, it's COVID. Yeah, 
Yeah. Most most healthcare companies have not performed and over the past three years. Plasma collection in the US. It, the um, one example, exactly. Okay. Yep. Right? And, and they all have their specific, but in general terms, if you go from Ramsey to Sonic to ResMed to Cochlear to CSL, they all have strictly taken, not performed over the past three, four years. Yeah. Right? And it's COVID is a big answer in that in that I mean bond yields are another yeah. uh, and, and the US dollar might be another impediment. But um, I mean, I was, I was recently reminded that um, Warren Buffett has 10, 12 stocks, which he's held not for years, but for decades. Yeah. Right? So my, my usual question would be, do you think Warren Buffett would mind if one of his stocks didn't perform for three years and he's planning to hold for 35 years? Yeah. I think everyone knows the answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, you see, it as a, you see it as a broader portfolio. If you have 10, 20, 22 stocks, whatever you have, the fact that... Yeah three or four in your portfolio, maybe five, six, they don't perform in a given year, happens. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're there for the next year. Yeah, you've got to be confident it's quality stock though, and it's going to keep going. So you're you're still saying it's a strong buy Absolutely. at these levels. On the premise that you're confident that in three to five years time, which most fund managers yeah. claim they do, this 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 will be much what, closer what to the weighting, What's your maximum weighting you would have in CSL? Um, probably 8% or so. 8%, right. Yeah. You tend, I tend not to go beyond that on, unless in, in, in very exceptional circumstances right. because at the end of the day, you do not want one stock to potentially destroy your portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even if it's CSL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, right? Just can't take the risk. Yeah. All right. Um, Alan wants to view Rudy on Webjet. So we go from healthcare to, uh, to travel. Webjet, the, the big online travel booking agency um they've all done pretty well they have, have done flights, they have done Webster, really well Webjet Qantas I, I remember the years and it's not that long ago that most people actually were constantly surprised by Webjet they couldn't yeah. understand um, because the old the old experiences with Webjet was that people would go to their websites and they have a very handy website to see where the cheaper flights are so they would look up the cheaper ones and then go to another yeah. Uh, place and order the tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the old Webjet, uh, but they've done an incredibly uh, good job in in developing their business and in in adding uh, international exposures and also to go into um, uh, accommodation. Basically, yeah. um, I think you can safely say now that corporate travel and Webjet are the leading stocks in that sector now, and that mm. sector overtaken flight center. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yep. yeah. Flight Center is, is at best uh, a former market leader in transition. Yeah. And they are still transitioning, yeah. I, I would argue. Okay. Um, it would appear that, and this, this is based on the analysts who cover this sector, they think that the market is still under underappreciating the, the, the potential that comes from web beds in right. Webjet. If that is true, then, so the, then, then you can this definitely... This is their version of Booking.com. Yes, like yes. so you can definitely own this stock and, and wait for the, the surprise to come through, the positive surprise. The only offset you can set here is that um, everyone knows that this sector is on a tear. Yep. Um, share prices are sort of reflecting that, so they will have to perform in August. But you know what? Um, it would appear, if you look at the management, the analysts, the forecasters, eventually, this is not a one-year story. They have a longer-term growth now under their belt. 
So even if they sell off on the result in August, which is not inconceivable, you may want to maybe you take that opportunity to buy more and, and keep it for the longer term. Right. So it's a, it's a strong story in a strong sector at this point in time, and you'd be almost a hero at this point in time to go against it. Okay. So you'd hold it. Yes. But buy on any weakness yeah, after I'll, I'll the, yes, yes. after the result. Okay. Um, because on those charts as well, Gary, people would look at the Webjet chart and go, five-year chart and go, hey, it's nowhere near what it was pre-COVID, like a lot of these travel stocks. But you've got to understand during COVID, they raised a lot of money, didn't they? So the market cap of Webjet it's probably similar. is pretty close to where it was pre-COVID. Yeah, Webjet raised a lot of money. Um, yep. You know, I was listening to Rudy there. I just almost agree with every word he said about the sector. I think you, you know, you you wouldn't want to bet against the sector here. I think it's gonna this good news is gonna roll for a while here. It's got momentum as well. So technically, the charts look pretty good. The fundamentals look pretty good. You know, the, all the data coming out, it just looks pretty positive. I mean, geez, just anecdotally, every second person you talk to is sort of this you know, is either going to Europe or has just come back yeah. from Europe. So, and, and, every uh, set, and every single one of them have complained about the cost of the, uh, of the ticket over there and the accommodation, <laughs> which to a Webjet and an investor in Webjet is going, you beauty, because we get a cut, we get a percentage of the airfare, and if it's higher, our percentage is higher, our, our revenue take. So they're benefiting, aren't they? Yeah, no, definitely. So, so I, mean, I, I think you know, Webjet, Corporate travel definitely is a standout for me as well. And, and so that's your preferred? Yeah, I mean, corporate travel uh, didn't raise any money. So uh, actually made an acquisition uh, through COVID, which is pretty, uh, well, that's, yeah. that's pretty uh, awesome management there to sort of uh, go through that period there. I'm fairly largely unscathed there. Um, so yeah, I think the sector will keep rolling here. Um, it's funny that you, know, you think healthcare would have actually um, recovered a bit more, but it's been a slow recovery. You know, so I agree with really there. I think that that's the sector to keep an eye on here because some of those stocks have underperformed here. Um, and like usually, it's like CSL's had a couple of downgrades, which is normally you wouldn't sort of touch stocks that have had you know maybe two downgrades in a row here. But the sector's a little bit underwhelmed across the board here. So I really think healthcare has probably got you know it, it should be doing what what travel's doing, but it hasn't oh, yet. Yeah. But maybe it can be. Maybe uh, healthcare is the next one or two years is is the sort of what what travel's done here in the last twelve months. That's so definitely a sector to keep a really close eye. Once that sort of momentum changes or shifts there, the healthcare that could be right. a sector like like the travel at the moment okay. really on its head. Okay, so you've got everyone when you when you look at healthcare at CSL, Cochlear, ResMed, Ramsey, Fisher and Pike, I suppose. Um, are they all attracted to you or are there standouts there? Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's improvement there. They're just the market was hoping for a larger improvement across across the sort of whole sector. So it just hasn't bounced back as quickly as travel has. I mean, travel has bounced back really aggressively and everyone's continuing to travel even more. So healthcare is just a little bit slow here. So lots of standouts in there. Lots, you know, I think there's plenty there sort of um, to look at. Right. Um, but yeah, that's a sector to keep a close eye on here. I think okay. once the momentum might sort of shift there, like you know, what, what kind of grip what Rudy was saying earlier about CSL is that that could be a sector which really sort of runs across the board. Okay, um, but as far as um, Webjet, would you be 
Would you be buying Hold. at these levels after uh, after such a big big run? I typically like to sort of stay with the sort of strongest um, you know, kind of leadership group, but I, I like to see them have a little bit of a pause or a consolidation and then wait for a breather and then come in there. So I definitely put Webjet in that category. It's had a pretty good run here. I, I'd be waiting for a breather, so probably a bit of a hold for me, but right. any price pullback there would uh, would definitely get me interested. So it's a bit like Rudy saying, wait for the results to come out, and if there's a bit of a pullback after that, that's your opportunity. Yeah, it's hard to see how these travel stocks are going to report poorly, really, but um, right. yeah, you never know. Okay. All right. Our next stop, Mahal wants a view on um, Gary Magnus Energy Technologies. They're in uh, uh, the lithium uh, battery area. There's a well-run phrase there. Um, the thing about turnaround stories is they seldom turn around. <laughs> um, so not sh- this stock's been on a um, <laughs> pretty aggressive downtrend for a long, long time yeah. here. So I'm not sure... Um, yeah, look, to me personally, I, I would never be in a stock like this. So it's, it's you know, like where's where's Mahal's stock here? Maybe if he's bought the stock here, um, you know, you shouldn't be in a downtrend like this aggressive. It's, it's been pretty pretty ordinary so far. I, I just can't see anything positive about the stock here. Um, most traders and investors sort of can't cope with being wrong. If you read Daniel Kahneman's The Nobel Prize um, in Behavioural Economics, so just... <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know, there's just nothing I like about this chart, nothing I like here at all. So um, you'd want to be sort of, you know, just, just nothing positive even on the chart there that I can sort of see here. So it's a, it's a definite avoid for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've run it all the way down and you've held on to it, you've married the stock, uh, <laughs> just the look on your face then. Um, yeah. Uh, do you, is this one of the times where you go, Oh, stuff that I've just got got to admit the mistake. Get out. Yes. Yeah. Look, if, if, you know, it's it's uh, it's better for us to uh, admit we got to run early yeah. and get out. Um, yeah. we, we learn the hard way over the years. That sometimes we're you know, if, if if you look every if you've been in the market a long time, if you look at your performance every year, you can take that one or two worst trades out of your. Um, your track record every year, your performance is probably pretty solid. So yeah. the, the key thing there is to some, have some sort of risk management there. You know, whether it's a, you know, even something like a 10% stop on any position there, it should, should be some point where you've got it wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it is human nature not to accept that we're, you know, and take our, take our wrong, you know, but yeah, so that's yeah. part of trading, that we're going to get some wrong, we're going to get some right. The key there is that once we've got it wrong is to get out. The ones that we've got right, maybe even add to those ones and, and, and stay yep. with those ones for a while. It's really saying, you know, even the long-term investors stay with those better shares that are performing. But the ones that are speculative, risky, better off cutting our losses there and moving on, look, look for better stocks. Yeah, good advice. Ready? I think it's good to realise that one of those popular charts that investors always hide behind is that over time, indices tend to go up in equities. It's good to realize that what goes for the indices does not go for share price individually. Yep. Most share prices, people would be surprised to hear, but I'm pretty certain that 70 to 80% of what is now listed in Australia does not go up over time. 
Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh-huh. Yep. If you go back in time, I mean, it was last time here, I mean, PHP is today, SharePoint is not hired from 2008. Uh-huh. Mm. Just to give one example, that's PHP. Imagine what it does to, to yep. Lilliputters again, back to Lilliput land. I'm not a big fan of the, the, the market is always efficient theory, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but I do, in, in same line as with, with Gary, I do th- sometimes think that the market is giving you very clear signals that you better pay attention to. Yeah. And when a chart looks like that, <laughs> for, for a company that officially is uh, leveraged to the lithium and the battery story, yeah, yeah. then that should make you think. Which has been the hot theme of the last My two point, years. Yeah? Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's an illusion to think like, oh, the market has for- somehow forgotten this one. Yeah. No, it hasn't forgotten. It probably knows exactly why it's not buying it. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you shouldn't be there. Yeah, okay. And favorite saying, because Gary always used one of my favorite sayings, but I use another one. It's never too late to sell. <laughs> So uh, a strong sell signal from both Rudy and Gary on that. Uh, we're going to finish up with uh, a suggestion from Frida. Uh, still back to the travel sector again. Um, hello, world. Um, Rudy? Um, sort yeah. of uh, Qantas was... Sort of. Let me check. Qantas was a good... Yeah, show. computer says no. No? No, no. It's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of... Um, and I look beyond the immediate. I'm a big fan of looking at the quality of companies and of the of the of the legacy they have. Right. This has always been a very very wishy washy performer in that sector. It has now sold off its corporate division. Yep. Um, now all of a sudden this this is profitable and this is the reason why the share price goes up and why people like it. But the dynamics in this industry will not indefinitely remain as favorable as they are right now. Yep. They might look different in in nine months from now. Yeah? Again, if you want to play that sector, I'm a big fan of you go with, with the better ones in the sector, the quality right. ones, the leaders, right? right? Webjet, corporate travel, you man. Leave the leave the leave the lesser ones for the traders. And, but you're uh, even saying um, Flight Center is a lesser one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flight Center used to be the absolute market leader here. Um, yeah. At, at, at one particular point in time, that model that they had developed over time, that, that just worked like a violin. I mean, right. that just, but again, COVID has destroyed that model, yeah. but also uh, online, I would argue. So yeah. it's, it, it has been hit from both sides. And now they literally have to reinvent themselves. Yeah. And, um, and that comes at a cost. They, they, they basically have to shrink. They have to re- review their model. Um, it's a lot less than what it used to be. Yes, okay. I mean the likes of Webjet, the full, the full online and and corporate travel. These guys have no legacy to deal with. It's yeah. growth is the world is their oyster, and also um, it's changed our habits so much that it we is. just buy everything mm-hmm. yeah. online. Um, Gary, what do you think of uh, Hello World? Yeah, probably not as negative as really. I mean, I prefer other stocks in the sector fundamentally, but um, I can tell you technically the chart does look very strong. Mm. So um, so we've had a few t- tests of that sort of uh, $3 region. Um, and recently we've had a pretty strong rally off that sort of 150 up to that 3 Had a mild pullback there, not much volume in there. Last couple of weeks we've actually bounced. So we've basically congested the price under the old high and a bit like a coil here, we sort of, um, you know, the mm. last couple of weeks have actually bolted up here. So okay. technically the picture looks pretty robust there. So 
nothing negative on the chart at all. So, um, but yeah, probably better stocks there. Okay. So if you read I mean, it, you'd, this, you'd hold it. Ah, one hundred percent for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, with those high airfares and with the quanta share price at the moment. I was really intrigued with the federal government knocking back a lot of overseas airlines, yeah, increasing yeah, yeah. their flights to Australia. Because I always thought, okay, kind of share price really high because once the Chinese carriers start coming back into Australia, the competition comes in and it will drop. But the federal government's not letting so, them. So clearly, so Quant- Quantos still Quantos. has a lot of clout in, in, in the federal government. Yes, Federally? Because, because historically, that has always made Qantas one of the better airlines in the world as an investment yeah. because they are so protected at the home grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mind you, other international airlines have their governments invested in it. So Some of them, yeah. Qantas cops it <laughs> on the other side, so even though the government doesn't invest in, in Qantas, though, yeah, there is a, certainly a bias towards them. Uh, let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, Endeavour Group, a soft uh, a hold, maybe a soft buy from Gary is the best he could get to. Hold from uh, Rudy. Uh, CSL, a hold from Gary. If the uh, share price dropped to around the two fifty to two hundred and fifty dollar mark, uh, Gary would be a buy. Um, strong buy from uh, from Rudy. Uh, Webjet, a hold from both. Uh, buy on weakness after the results come out from Rudy. Gary tends to agree with that. Um, uh, he still likes Webjet, but corporate travel is probably his preferred in the area. Magnus, a sell from both. Horrible chart. Uh, Hello World, a hold from Gary and a no from Rudy. Uh, Gary, great to have you on board. Good to see you again, mate. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Rudy, enjoy the rest of your week. Gary, you need a painting on your wall. At least. <laughs> Yeah, it looks a bit stuck. Look, yes. uh, you're big I, in... I've only been here for three months, so uh, I'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you were saying, you're big into healthcare. That does look like a hospital room in the background <laughs> there. All right, mate. It's uh, nice and calm. Nice and calm, I yeah. think so. Okay. Yeah. Rudy, stop sledging the other guests, will you? Uh, on your <laughs> way. Thank you very much. Uh, if you'd like uh, us to... Uh, um, look at any of your stocks, uh, put them in an email to us or, or go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks on Twitter at TV, and I can put them to our expert panels as always. A fun hour. We will be back to do the same tomorrow at midday Eastern Standard Time. Look forward to your company then. The Pulse is next live here on Osbiz. <laughs>